We're live. I'm waiting for the YouTube to show up. Tripods are dodgy things. Oh, they are. Although I miss my gorilla one. I got rid of way too much stuff when we moved from China. Because oh. I was like, oh, I'll just buy more in the next country. Little uh -huh. did I know. You can, buy yeah. you can buy sneakers or, or lights instead, actually. Yeah. Okay. That's true. <laughs> okay. We are live. We are live. Okay. Hi. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Stephanie Puccio, and I'm coming to you live from the capital of Albania, a tiny country just next to Italy and just above Greece. I am the producer, host, and editor for Geopets Podcasting, who is hosting this first ever Global Women podcast editor panel and i am so excited but slightly nervous so i'm looking down at my notes i do apologize <laughs> okay so we have four panels this month every tuesday at varying times to accommodate for our wonderful global guest that we'll introduce to you in just a second that i will introduce to you in just a second uh but first um but this, these panels started because of conversations I was having in private women podcast editing Facebook groups, as well as after publishing an article about those groups. And so I wanted to have another platform because that wasn't enough for me. I wanted more. I wanted to talk to women podcast editors more. So I created these panels and it's part of Geopets Podcasting, which normally talks to podcasters or podcast listeners. But this month I wanted to talk to podcast editors. Oh, yay. Our fourth panelist is here. Add. Hi, Emmeline. Okay, so let's keep going. So um, I also have a podcast. Hi. I'm just, I'm just doing the quick intro. So hold on just one second. All right. So um, I also have a podcast editing newsletter, and I will send the links to everything that we're talking about in this panel to everyone that signed up. After the panel's over, I don't want to overwhelm the chat room with tons of links. So I will send that out to you. If you haven't already registered for the event at Eventbrite, please go on and make sure you're over there so that you will get all of those links. Okay, that is enough about me. Now it's time to meet our wonderful global panelists. Emmeline, can you start us off quickly introducing where you are and who you are? Sorry, was that Emily or Emmeline? Emmeline. Oh, sorry, I'm pointing to where she is on my screen. Yeah, yeah, same for me, don't worry. I think there's a delay. Yeah. Yep, definitely a delay. Okay, Emily, can you start us off? Yeah, sure. Um, so hello, my name is Emily. Um, I am based in the UK, not far from London. And I am a freelance podcast editor. So I am self-employed. And I have a range of clients who actually are all female. Um, I don't especially work with females, but that's just how it is at the moment, which is fantastic. Um, I love um, creating that space for female voices to be heard and, and more females to be to be seen in the business world and space. And I have been editing audio now for about two years. Um, but in the last 12 months, that's where I've really kind of gained momentum and more female clients. And um, I've have kind of learned a lot more in the last 12 months as well. So um, I am actually self-taught 
Um, and that's something that I feel like my learning and education is always, always growing. I'm always looking to uh, kind of raise my skill level, my abilities and um, sort of look into the future. I'd love to get into like producing and kind of bringing shows together and work on creating and the, you know, the content and bringing that side together as well. So that is me. Fantastic. Chavi, can you go next? Sure. So I'm Chavi. I'm in Mumbai, India, and I have I wear a lot of hats in the podcasting mm -hmm. field. And one of them is editor, and that editor hat actually has two descriptions as well, because I edit content. So I'm a podcast series editor, um, and I, that means I look at scripts and I decide what should stay and what should not be in the podcast itself, uh, if it fits thematically with the other episodes in a in a theme or in a in a series and things like that. And I also do sound editing, but at a very basic level like I am I'm not a sound designer I'm totally self-taught so when I'm producing uh, for myself and for clients who can't afford um, great uh, sound engineers who've like school for it and stuff and don't need extreme amounts of audio magic but just like basic levels of you know make it sound decent and people can understand what's going on then I do that kind of editing as well. Gotcha. Great. And Emmeline, can you go next? <clears throat> I'm not entirely sure if she can hear us. Yeah. There's a lot of ambient noise, but it's hard to there tell. Emmeline, can you hear us? Huh. Not quite sure. Okay. Um, let's get started. Um, okay. So I think you both already talked about um, what kind of editing that you do. And one of you had mentioned in, that you wanted to talk about how to make your editing more efficient. Ooh, so <laughs> I'm not going to jump in on this one immediately. I'm going to wait a few for you guys to do this. So who wants to go first? How can you make your podcasting more efficient or are your podcast editing more efficient? What do you do? Emily, tell us everything. Yeah, right. That's like the billion dollar question. I think people are so surprised to hear how time intensive editing a podcast can be. And I think everyone's always looking for ways to speed that up. Um, for me, what I've really found, um, I edit using um, Adobe Audition. So I found a few little things within Audition that have really helped me speed things up. The first one is to the to match loudness. So you, I just load all my tracks in and hit match loudness. So at least I know I've got a consistent sound level across all the tracks because that's definitely one thing where you can spend so much time like tweaking like this one up a little bit and this one down. Da, da, da. So that's my first one that's really sped things up. What else do I do? Oh, I love using like um, auto gates to get rid of silence on tracks um, and... I think as well, like I've just much the same as you guys now, I can just read the sound waves that I know what's an arm, I know what an and looks like, I know what a sigh and a tut look like. 
So I'm just so much quicker now at just taking those bits out. Um, those are my immediate ones. Anyone else? I'm sure lots of more will come to me as we start, as we get into it. So, you know, with cleanup um, of, of audio tracks that other people have done, I now advise, I also do workshops. Now I advise people who are, um, I'm training. If they're recording a monologue, by themselves, either a narration track or an intro, an outro, but not with a guest, not with uh, an interview live. Mm. I, I really try to tell them to make my life easier by recording fragments. Don't, don't re-record fragments if you stumble. Like rewind yourself and start from the beginning. Yeah. And then I tell them basically to use what studios do, which is to make a, a clap or a snap so that I can see it faster yeah so it really helps speed things along if they do cooperate and uh, I, I really urge them to do that of course if there's like I, I tell them you can't like act like you know you've got a genie and be like clap clap with yeah. random guests on your zoom call but it does help quite a bit uh, the other thing I do is I get transcriptions the run through AI so Otter is uh, really helpful yeah, Very bad yeah. with an Indian accent um but uh, still it's still helpful as mark of who's saying what and of course um scanning or skimming through text is so much easier because you i i can't i, I mean, do you guys speed listen i can't really do that no no never uh, no. most the most i could do is like 1.2 x if i'm scanning for something in particular mm -hmm. But I can't, so at least with the text, if I've got timestamps, I can find section faster when it comes to features or narrative. Like that. that's, a, that's a tip. I'm happy for sure, to. for sure. Now, I can't even time listen when I'm doing it as a listener, let alone as an editor. I can't even imagine, because a lot of the things I take out are especially in my own projects are, are little things that you can't hear if you no. go too fast. Yeah. Yeah. Just a quick side note, I am trying to get, uh, I think there's some connection issues with Emmeline's feed. So Emmeline, if you're, if you're watching, if you can hear me, go on your WhatsApp, please. WhatsApp. I want to get you in here, but at intervals. Okay. He was here for a second. No, okay. Going. No, she said she can hear us at intervals. So let me repeat the question. So the question is, um, oh, no, wait, I'm going to do that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, how do you? How do you make your editing more efficient? And as she's, before she jumps in, I'll finish. What do I do to make mine more efficient? I think I'm still working on making mine more efficient. Um, I'm, I'm searching around and playing with a bunch of different DAWs to find the things that each do best. Um, because um, I, I feel like that's one thing that I would like to play I, I that would help like the what clipboard and, currently oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> currently I'm on audacity audition and hindenburg but i'm leaning heavily towards in, uh, hindenburg right now because it is easier to use with my internet connection mm. um but i don't like the waveform at all it's very ugly and i, I think it's harder to pick out nitpicky things that i want to mm. do <laughs> It doesn't allow for a lot of fine tuning. I've worked in audition for a bit, and I've worked in um, long, like Pro Tools, not at all. Uh, mm -hmm. There used to be um, Cool Edit a long time ago, 
Microsoft, mm. I think, made it. Yeah. And uh, I think Audacity works really nicely for certain things, but then Hindenburg, the clip feature for narratives is just, you can't beat it. It's so I good. That. Yeah. And I'm still, I'm also, like you both mentioned, uh, self-taught. Uh, and so for me, leveling has been by far the hardest part of editing. And I love the auto editing or the auto leveling that Hindenburg does. I'm addicted to it. It's not yeah. the exact sound I want all the time, but it at least is a consistent sound. So I really love that that's, I don't have to think and stress and try to maneuver so many different parts of it. Uh-oh, it looks like we lost her. Okay. I hope she'll come back in. Technology. Oh, gosh. Anyway, and it works, let's, it works. I know. Um, so what else? Any other thoughts on efficiency before we move on to uh, another? Uh, I don't use so many presets. I feel like I should, but it's always one of those things that I, I, I'm always like, when I have some free time, I'm going to watch a few more tutorials and learn how to do this so that when I start my next project, it'll go faster and that day yeah. has not. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. And I had the other day someone was talking about just having your um, templates all set up so that for every, like, because I work on a number of different podcasts and they mm -hmm. said, yeah, have a template for each one so you're not always adding your effects and your presets each time. And exactly the same. I'm like, when mm -hmm. I have the time, I'll make all these <laughs> templates. <laughs> week to week, I'm like, nope, I'm just here again doing the same yep. thing you. Like, I'm so glad you said that. I am so glad you said that. The comes that you're like, yeah. oh, I have a day free that I'll make yeah. all these templates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Agreed, agreed, agreed. And part of me wants to ask about like, uh, like organizational templates also, like in Notion or Airtable or things like that. Oh. But but I don't want to know the answer because then I'll have more things to put on my to-do list. Yeah, I have, so. I have a tutorial saved, bookmarked, ready to watch as soon as I have that time slot for that. Yeah. Yeah. It will never come. That time will never come because that's just not how it goes, is it? It's kind of we, like making a deal with yourself, like, oh, I'm going to do two hours of this on fr every Friday mm -hmm, or something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it yeah. always comes along. Uh, always, always. I have Friday as my day to catch up and it's always mm. packed. So I never really get to the <laughs> other things that aren't on the oops, couldn't do this Monday through Thursday thing. We do have an actual, we have a question from the chat room. Yay. Um, so Hannah is asking any opinion on using Final Cut Pro X for audio editing? Have have you, have either of you used that? Um, so I haven't. I have sound engineers who do. Um, I've observed them. Really not um, very qualified to answer. It just seems, uh, I mean, the output is always excellent. And I've seen him doing really um, wonderful crossfades and super good uh, mixing of uh, sound design features and music. Um, I just feel like the investment in learning all of that, plus also the cost of the software, has always mm. precluded my having jumped in and used it. Okay, great. Okay, so um, we have Emmeline on WhatsApp, so I'm going to try to see if I can get her to come in. Can you hear me? I Call want again. to respond to Hannah's uh, picking oh, no. up thing. That's yeah. really good. I like it. It's <laughs> less obvious than acting like you have, you know, colonial people to like to do your bidding. Tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, this is not working. Anyway, Emily, what's your experience with uh, Final Cut Pro X? Um, zero experience. Um, my my sort of journey, if you want, has been I actually started out editing on um, Premiere Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I was taken over from someone else and she was like, this is what I use and I can just show you how to cut and delete parts so that's how I started out and I did that for a little while and then I switched over to auditions and I've, and I've been on an audition now for a year um and then I would I do really want to try Hindenburg because I've had so mm-hmm. many good things and I mm-hmm. feel like it would make my life so much better but again it's the making that chunk of time to learn it and actually transition over but I know in the long run, it would be really good. Someone said to me the other day, like, oh, don't you find audition just really a very manual process for <sighs> editing? And what? I was like, but it kind no. of is a manual process, yeah. right? Like, there's little things you can do to mm-hmm. lighten the load, but it's always going to be manual because you've always got to listen and actually right. use your and fingers and cut stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it is manual, but it's a manual with a million options yeah <laughs> yeah I, I liked audition uh it's just hinden i end up using both audacity and hindenburg mm-hmm. if it's music heavy i end up use i like do the cleanup and do my mm-hmm. clip thing especially for narratives uh through hindenburg and then i actually put those into audacity if there's music because you can mm-hmm. fade and um, mix much much better uh i mean sorry chris listening from hindenburg mm-hmm. That's how it is. <laughs> well, I think the the tool makers, the doll makers, they must know that there's things that their tools do better than yeah. others and some that they don't. So, I mean, I don't think that's a, too much of a secret. Um, although if he is listening, <clears throat> why? Why the waveform? Why is it like that? I can't I can't deal with this. It's just so hard. So they, you know, the origin story, and not to get too far off track, is they developed mm-hmm. it to be used in um, yeah. community radio stations, mm-hmm. and it needs, needed to just be as intuitive as possible. So it doesn't have too many bells and whistles. So when you say you can't, you don't like the waveform, is it like it's quite hard to to like read it? No, it's it's half. It oh. is half. It is half. And for me, like with the with the waveform that uh, audition and. I think Pro Tools and Audacity is, it's it's the full thing. So I feel like I can see the words better and maybe I'm too reliant on my eyes. But with Hindenburg, it looks like there's a bunch of extra stuff at the bottom, which I know doesn't make sense. The noise, the Mm -hmm. ambience. Yeah, so it's harder for me to identify where to cut. Um, Sorry, we just lost Emily. She's having a lot of technical issues and I'm trying to get her on WhatsApp. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard for me to see the exact sp- spot where a word or phrase starts and where it stops and yeah. where it lets you click to, to copy and cut and do all that is slightly frustrating to me. Yeah, I think I do a screen that. share at some point if anybody wants to see it. Oh, do you want if you want to do that? You're welcome. It should be open. Do you, that's a really good point. Um, do do do. So yeah, down at the bottom. Oh yeah, you're on it. Yeah. So um, Emily, you know, with with mixing, like mm-hmm. you, you, impossible to get like a, a you, it's it's a drop off, like it's a gradient. You can't do waves to fade anything in or out. You see that? I. I this is the the I, last I think track. Is the music. Work. 
me um so how do i make my editing more efficient i i, I got into podcasts and i didn't know quite much about podcasts i literally just learned in like one month so um whatever i know is very basic knowledge um Hi, Chubby. Hi, Emily and Stephanie. Thank you very much for the efforts. Um, answering your question, how do I make my editing more efficient? First off, uh, I'd say I started off as a news producer. And so the experience in editing news reports, editing um, magazine programs for, and micro programs for the newsroom, the state uh, media where I formerly worked, really give me the push to start up a podcast when because my 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 uh, satisfaction wasn't really met in the kind of news production we're doing and I really need to do something very different. And to be more efficient, I needed to think of how how my needs in the media haven't been gratified. What are the stories that I want to tell, I like to tell that haven't been told. And so when I get to editing it, I put myself in the shoes of the listener. I want to pay attention keen attention to what my sound is like. What does it convey? Um, at what point is the sound coming in? It wasn't probably the best of sound in my very first uh, podcast episode, but I think in the, in the following, um, in the later episodes, I, I tried so hard to make sure that I, I, I put in critiques that came in and try to make a better podcast. But I think it's been, um, four months since I last produced any episode and now I have to produce any, I think the edit will be better because I'm conscious of what kind of sound to use, um, how my listeners react to the kinds of sound sounds I use, the kinds of music I use, how do I compress, how, when do I expand, when, when is it really necessary to, to use um, a multi-piece. Uh, a lot of that I learned gradually. I learned gradually as a very young podcaster. I've just been a year old in podcasting. Again, because in Cameroon is not something very explored. That makes sense. Um, so, and another thing is, um, apart, apart from the way people listened and gave me feedback, I, I I always find, find, found it very um, doubtful when so, a lot of things are paraphrased or a lot of things are just written. So when my listeners get to listen to interviews that are firsthand what people are saying, but I also need to be conscious of what they are saying. So I, there's, there are some things I, I really need to edit out because at the end of the day, I need to put in everything I learned in journalism. What, How am I protecting my sources? How am I protecting... Um, the interviewees, uh, how, how am I also protecting whoever uh, is, is listening? Because it's not everything that you listen to that is probably good. So I have to play the role of the host. I have to play the role of um, the editor and the producer. All of this has been quite challenging for me, proofreading, editing, and then putting out the script out there. And... So it's basically challenging. I think podcasting is something that you learn by the day, you grow by the day. The more you produce episodes, the better you get. It's like mm -hmm. me listening to um, Chavez's uh, books 
I think it's something like Books and Bounds. Some, some, it's something yeah. about yeah. books. I listened to it. Yeah. It was really yeah. yeah, Books and Beyond. It was really great the way she put her sound together. I was, and even your trailer is so beautiful. I, I really loved listening to your trailer. Sometimes I got caught up and I felt I was listening to the entire program. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And if you heard uh, the first podcast we'd ever made, you would never have said any of it. <laughs> oh, that's true for all of us, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I I think you also asked me what my biggest podcast chal- uh, podcasting challenge is. My biggest podcasting challenge is I really don't master a lot of editing software. I actually mm-hmm. master just one and it's called Mesia. I don't know if you've ever heard of Mesia. What is it called? No. Mesia? Mesia. No, it's a N-E-T-I-A. It works in a network, in a newsroom network. Oh. Oh. I haven't yeah. heard that one. That Definitely cool. check it out. It's really simple and nice. It works in the newsroom uh, network. That's what I learned. Basically from school, I got into yeah. a newsroom. And that's what I learned. I have not been able to learn Adobe because I find it quite um, quite difficult compared to the Nisi I have known. But mm-hmm. I think as a podcast, it's important to learn more than one editing software because you mm-hmm. cannot always depend on one. Like right now, my editing has been halted because I don't have access to all the options of the Macy I have installed on my laptop. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have to displace myself to go back to where I used to work previously to have to produce more episodes. And I mm-hmm. and I want to work from the comfort of my home given the the trying the pandemic. The, so yeah. that's the biggest change I have so far. But I think before the year runs out I'm going to learn um, how to use two other editing softwares for my for, for my own personal growth and branding because mm-hmm. I think I should produce more episodes. It's highly on demand in Cameroon. Yeah. yeah. Emily, can you tell us the name of your podcast, please? It's Black Truth with Emily. Yay. And we'll have all the links in the uh, wherever that you're consuming this whether it be the podcast or youtube channel the software is licensed is that what you're saying and you don't have the full version i didn't get that is the soft like is there the full version is that your previous workplace and you don't have the licensed um version with all the different um, options and features but it's different i only works in the network of so so many. Oh, okay, got it, got it. It's like, um, yeah, those like different search engines and stuff that you can only use when you're. Uh, uh, machines. Okay. It cannot just work. It can only function in a new um, the single editing piece. I cannot have. I I cannot mix a double snippets. I cannot mix have a multi uh, multi piece editing. Uh, so I can just do basic editing. I cannot go beyond that using that. So I always have to displace myself to go back there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that, that brings up a, a good question is we haven't talked about yet what kinds of podcasts we we generally edit. So can we just do a quick uh, round of what types of podcasts do you usually edit? Chavi, can you start us off? Sure. So I've actually done a bunch of different formats. Uh, the monologue of easiest. I do some interview podcasts where it's two voices, host, narrator, and we generally mix in the intros and outros and any sort of music bed last. And um, features, which means multiple voices, up to maybe eight voices with a lot of um, 
ambience collected on on the field and those are what I normally do myself um and those are really time Emily um so yes. the podcasts that I work on are interviews and monologues okay and Emmeline I I do pretty pretty much what they do um but my style is sometimes very undefined because I work according to my mood, according to the inspiration of the ground. So, and I don't, yeah. I don't edit like unlike Emily. I don't edit for brands. I think what she's doing mm. is really amazing. I haven't gotten to that stage yet. I edit solely for myself. And yeah. I, I, like I already said, is because podcast is not something that a lot of people know about. A lot of people want to do it. They ask me how do you do this, and I explain to them, and they find it so, so difficult. And they don't really know. I've never also known that I could tell people that you can come to me I'll edit your podcast you just have to record and I take care of the rest yeah, yeah. and I, I think I'm saying your name wrong and I'm really sorry is it Emmeline or Emmeline Emmeline Emma it's Emmeline Emmeline like and this, yes the sound in your podcast is amazing the mu- the way you weave music in is absolutely brilliant so whatever thank you're you. doing you're doing it well thank you mm-hmm. so we have a question in the chat room Oh, I guess I should answer that too. Okay, for mine, I'm mostly doing interview stuff. For my own I podcast, it's interviews. And for my clients right now, it is interviews. I don't really want to branch out to stuff that's got many, many different voices. Like I don't see myself doing audio fiction in the future. I like interviews. I like listening to interviews. I, I think I'll probably stay here for quite a while. Um, but we have a question from Ships. Sorry, manual zoom. Shibs. Okay. She, she, he, they, they said, are there a few go-to techniques you employ for complete thoughts or uncomfortable silences in the middle of sentences to make the transition to the next thought easier? (laughs) Who wants to start this one? (laughs) I, well, I find that, well, the rule of thumb I kind of apply is to just use your best judgment as a listener so exactly as we were saying before when you're editing you're also the audience right you're taking that point of view and I'll often I think incomplete thoughts are so natural I just did it right then it's such a natural way of speaking and and I think in an interview format I don't think that's a problem like I will leave some incomplete thoughts in if it sounds more natural then having a cup that's quite audible and jarring and then leading into the, the next question. So I'm quite comfortable to leave like some incomplete thoughts in because I think that is a natural conversation. And I think people listen to podcasts because they enjoy natural conversations between people. I think a lot of people use podcasts for that connect that feeling of connection and company. So I don't think it's a problem to to leave in some natural phrases like that silences I do tend to take out just because again I just in my best judgment I would prefer not to have those silences but I think as well you also have to just be conscious of the pacing like sometimes I will leave in a little break because otherwise it can sound like someone's speaking very fast and I would rather have quite a comfortable like natural pacing to my episodes Mm -hmm. as well I don't know if you guys agree and if that's a similar stance that you would take. Who wants to go next? I, 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 
So yeah, I'm like, I'll go. Steph? Yeah, yeah, yeah Emily. I'll go. Go for it. All right. <laughs> I, I agree with Emily. It's going to sound like dead air if you leave um, some seconds of silence. But then again, like you, like she said, when you're editing, you become your own audience. First, you're your first audience. You have to judge the material, the content you're sending out. And editing is also um, a spontaneous process. You, you get to say, but what if I leave these two seconds of dead air? It depends on the content you're editing. You could be editing a really sad topic, a very problematic uh, topic. And, and you decide, I think this could be an element it could bring in an element of something, but the dead air shouldn't go above three seconds, I think, because at above three seconds, it could sound like there's a break, there's a, a breakage, um, uh, and a fault in editing, sort of inefficiency, so it shouldn't be too long for me. Two seconds is just okay. Hmm. I hate when you're listening to a podcast and you think that it's stopped. Do you ever guys mm. get that yes. now and think, oh, is it stopped playing? And then I look and I'm like, yeah. no, it's just a pause. That's so annoying. <laughs> Yeah, I usually blame the network. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I was uh, working with the BBC on a podcast I was doing with them. And uh, I've, I've, I've never heard it put into numbers like Emily just did, like three seconds. But that sounds absolutely right. I just counted <laughs> it and that seems like the upper limit. But the phrase that this uh, my editor, content editor, not sound editor, was using with me was she said, you have to it land and this is and I was also doing the narration I was hosting this program so I thought that made a lot of sense that and and you know just like you said uh, silence is an element of sound and dramatic pauses are overlooked sometimes like radio lab do you guys listen to radio lab I hate the pacing of radio lab I find it really invasive Thank because you. it doesn't let me stop <laughs> and think about what yeah. I've just taken in there's just yeah. it's like boom 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 and like there's no time to process mm -hmm. so i would rather go slower mm -hmm. and let people think about what has been said now in a um with with the question shivs asked about incomplete thoughts i i, I agree with both Colin and emily you want to keep it as natural but i've had clients who wanted to get rid of every you know so we we um did a season did this is a particular client and in the first first episode, uh, there is a lot of you knows and uh -huhs, which is how they normally talk. By the third episode, they had become super self-conscious of it because they'd listen back and, but they were still not able to control it, right? Because this is not, they, that's not who they are. They're not presenters, they're not hosts. They show up for an, they wanted to do 12 hours in their lives to do a season and then they go back to just being whatever they do. Yeah. So rather than, um, making uh, a conscious making effort a because, conscious in a conversation, effort because in a conversation they couldn't stop their mm-hmms and you knows they put it on me to get rid of them and it was impossible it sounded like robots mm. where if you just take every single interjection or vocalized pause out it becomes so clinical and so wrong so eventually we gave them a sample and we're like okay look this is what it sounds like we can do it but it's horrible and your listeners are going to know so either stop saying it or let us leave it in because yeah. it's going to sound really terrible sometimes in those situations as well I just try and find like a happy medium like I have a few clients that don't like they feel self-conscious that they 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 go mm, yeah you know yeah. so I just try yeah, and I, maybe find the middle ground I'll take 
where I can get away with it, I'll remove some. But then I'm like, you need to have some of them still in there because it sounds natural yeah. and normal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to throw a wrench in all of this. <laughs> I, I do tend to take out repeated words if they're not, if they're, if they're so often um, like that. Like, I'll probably take that out and post. <laughs> uh, but if it's next to another word and it sounds choppy or starts flipping, absolutely, positively not. I don't care what the client or my ears say, it's staying in there because that will sound unnatural. That's when the robotic stuff happens. But as a listener, when there's too many repeated words or too many false start sentences, it bugs me. So I, I think I edit like I, I listen. Um, but for my clients, I, I, I have a talk with them at the beginning on what level of that they want. So it's up to them. But for my own podcast, I do tend to take out a lot of extra words and phrases and sounds and mouth sounds and all kinds of stuff. But silence, I agree with Chavi on silence. Silence is powerful. Like there are moments when you want it to be in there. And if you take out excess silence during an emotional moment, then it feels like the people talking about the emotional moment aren't actually processing the emotions. And that's just really bad. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jemmy's got a comment and I would like to respond to that. Uh, yeah. When there are split tracks and somebody is going, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, I definitely take it out. Um, yeah, I, I do trainings for hosting, interviewing as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is what we call radio manners. You, mm -hmm. you shouldn't do that uh, because as, as a host, you're the, what I tell my clients is you're the proxy for the listener. And as soon as you step in and go, mm -hmm, you're breaking that, that intimacy and that illusion that your listeners have that they're part of it. And you remind them that you're there and that they're not. So I really, really push people not to do that unless there's a split. Like, just do whatever you want. I'm going to mute you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So crosstalk. So Chavi, do you do that just for sounds in crosstalk or do you do it for when people talk over each other too? It depends. Uh, so uh, when I do stuff with clients, you know, their, their whole idea is to put forward an idea or a brand and there's, it's, more formal there's not much room for crosstalk if that's happening that's a problem mm -hmm. these are not these are very structured conversations and uh, for general conversation i haven't done too many panels and again i think i've scared them all into behaving themselves and talking <laughs> one of i love that radio <laughs> manners i'm making a note of that phrase oh. <laughs> yeah i break that too I work that a lot, especially when it comes to laughter and not so much sounds or ahas, but laughter and talking over each other. If it builds momentum, I tend to consciously keep that in because I feel like, although it will break the listener, like uh, host or speaker barrier, I, I think it kind of builds emotional connection between the people talking in the podcast. So it really depends. It feels like a lot of these answers are, it depends on that exact clip. Yeah. Emily, what do you do? Um, speaking over each other with when I've got separate tracks, I try and minimize it as much as possible. But I will say over the last 12 months, because so many people are recording over Zoom, another mm -hmm. challenge that's come up is when they when people speak over each other, it, it completely cancels out the sound. So and a lot of my clients are, are recording over Zoom or 
Zencast, so it doesn't happen as much. But you know, these platforms that you can use to record remotely. Um, but if I do have separate tracks, I do try and minimize people speaking over each other as much as possible. Um, just because I feel like maybe it's, I don't know, I'm just trying to build in a bit more of a structure to the conversation in terms of question and answer but then also I like to foster the feeling that there is a rapport between the guest and the host as well so if it's a bit of like laughter or someone interjects with like a little joke or something some of those things I will leave in but exactly like we've been saying I think it's all dependent on on that clip right and yeah it's just kind of using your best judgment as as a listener like what would you best what would you want to hear how would you best respond to that and then and then applying that to it really I feel a t-shirt design coming on like a waveform on the top and then it depends on the bottom right okay so let's we can oh gosh Emily keeps coming in and out. We'll we'll see. Oh, what happens with that? Go technology. Um, so let's wrap this up with the question that one of the panelists, I think from one of the other panels this month, because we have four of them. Quick reminder, we have four panels. Um, she asked what we can do to make editing more accessible to people with different abilities. So however we want to interpret that, how do we get more women into the space, more comfortable podcast editing, and more willing to talk about what they do, how they do it, and and make it just totally normal for us to be technically podcastery. That's not even a phrase. <laughs> it is now. It is now. It is now. <laughs> so Chavi, do you want to start us off? Oh uh, sure. So I'm I'm not qualified to talk about making it to people with disabilities because I just don't know. Um I guess I'm super privileged and I just you know, can use all the tools that are out there. Uh, when I when I talk to uh, people who are starting out, what I tell them is if you can use Microsoft Word mm -hmm. or Google Docs and you know how to do control C, control V, control Z and a control A, you can mm -hmm. guide them to actually Audacity, which is free open source software. And I also tell them that there are 100,000 tutorials online. And it's if you can do cut, copy, paste, and you can do it. And, and just be systematic and break it down into the processes, like where do you start? And then, you know, micro to macro, and mm -hmm. you can do it. Mm -hmm. So um, I encourage uh, people who don't have a sound engineering degree, women who are just wanting to put their own words out, to always edit, I say so you mm -hmm. can't you can't just run something from start to finish as is. Let me remind you, you are not as articulate as you think you are, and definitely your guest is not. So you <laughs> must must edit. Your listeners need you to, and yeah. start with Audacity, and then mm -hmm. with Hindenburg. Uh, again, I you know, it's so intuitive to use, just not mm -hmm. very many bells and whistles. And I, I I tell everybody that it's it's uh, the first one will take a long time. But slowly, of course, you get faster. Mm -hmm. Then if you want to pay somebody to do it, most, most of the people who come to my workshops are DIY podcasters and mm -hmm. it's a passion project. They, they can't. So I just try to tell them that, yes, it will be hard in the start, but just do the first one and you'll find it's all coming together. 
Right, and right, that's right. It. I just encourage them. I don't really do anything else to make it work. No, but that show is them. something. Yeah, no, encouraging and showing them. And what we're doing today, hopefully, is is part of inviting other other women into the space and saying, look, it's uh, you don't have it's, to go to engineering school. Look at you us. Don't have to go to engineering school at all, ever, at any point. But you can. But you don't have to. Yes. Uh, Emmeline, can you hear us? Emmeline. Okay, Emily. What do you think? How can we get more women into the space? Yeah, no, just exactly, exactly as um, Chavi says that, because I always had a little bit of a hang up in my mind that I was self-taught and it, it that actually is not a barrier. It's not a problem. Um, exactly as you say, there are so many resources online to, to help you. There is so much out there for free. And exactly, if you can copy and paste, add cut to that and you're away like you can you can do it and I think it 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 all sounds very overwhelming and it sounds very tech heavy but it does not have to be um there are so many programs out there that will simplify it for you and if you just want to get started you don't need to worry about mixing and levels and things like this you can Mm -hmm. just cut and delete and export and that's absolutely fine um yes it is time intensive at the beginning but you will get quicker and I would just say like don't let the tech side of it put you off because it really is no more techie than yeah using Google Drive it's absolutely fine I think there's just terms that make it sound kind of like bigger and scarier than it actually is and yeah even when it comes to recording a podcast like yeah you can have a microphone and all these cables and leads but you can also just use your iphone that's absolutely fine so i'd say start where you're comfortable and you can always build up from that from that place mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely emmeline can you hear us that's so sad ah oh, technology okay 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 i sent the the question to her via whatsapp so we'll see if she is able to reply that way. <sighs> okay, so um, how do you handle style in podcasting? I don't know. Have we handled style enough in this? Because we talked about certain aspects of style, like um, how to deal with spaces, how to do with crosstalk. Is there any other aspect of style that you consider when you're podcast editing? Well, I guess the radio lab kind of style, we touched on that. Mm-hmm. Um, Music, do you guys use beds? Do you guys use um, a lot of intro, outro music and Foley effects? Maybe? I don't know. Uh, I use music as transitions. I've never gotten good at having as a bed and having it sound the exact same when I'm doing it as when it's in its final form. So I gave up on that. <laughs> uh, so I just use it between talking segments and different parts of the episode. Um, and I just fade in and fade out like crazy to do that. So that's, that's pretty much it, but that's for my podcast for my clients. I haven't had anybody really want music yet. Thank goodness. Cause that's, that's a skill I think is going to take me a little bit more time to master. Uh, and I think in interviews, I don't know that we need a lot of music. I don't know. I think it used to be a, a, like a, not a fad. What is the right word? Like it used to be a trend a template yeah, a yeah trend yeah, some time yeah. ago and now I think it's become much more at least I prefer the much more minimalistic mm. a, a lot of the shows that I work on I'm trying to think 
I think all of them, bar one, have music at the intro and the outro, and then also music transition ins transition ins. You know what I'm trying to say for yeah. an ad, and for me, like trying to find that point in mid conversation to cut to transition to music to then have mm-hmm. the ad is such it's such a challenge. Just trying mm-hmm. to find like a natural place for it, yeah. And and I'm always like, it's always that internal. Um, question of like when should I start the music when should I fade like when should I start the fade when should it come it's yeah it's yeah. um that is something that I run into probably on a weekly basis that I'm like does that sound good and then I'll listen to it back and I'm like I think I could fade that a bit more or the music could be a bit lower um yeah it is it is a bit tricky with music actually I think it does take it's almost like a different listening skill to mm-hmm. just just conversation for sure yeah as a listener I appreciate how much effort folks that do audio dramas do but Mm -hmm. as an editor I just don't think I have the patience to do all of that what I don't like especially is just solo episodes where they have different kinds of music overpowering their speaking and I'm like I I I I hold myself back in e- sending a lot of emails to those folks and like stop my ears are hurting <laughs> even if it's a good but even if it's a good level I still feel like it's overpowering because then I'll get lost in the music and I won't listen to the words but that's me as a listener so mm-hmm. and people are so individualistic so I really wonder I don't know what that balance is with music and the background or sound beds no. I did hear, um, I don't know if you guys have listened to the Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen pods, podcast gotcha. on Spotify. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I heard one and um, they had a really good use of music where Barack Obama, I think, was speaking about his grandfather. And then this music started playing and it was like really evocative. And then that led into the ad, I think. But I was like, oh, that was really clever. That was really good. But I think that's the only sort of recent example where I can think like, oh, the music really added something and really brought mm-hmm. something else to it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Where do you guys find music? I guess that's a question that I'm always struggling with. I go to a lot of free sound libraries and I know, at least in this, I differ from my sound engineer friends because mm. they have like, like a, you know, a hard drive, like a one TB hard drive. And I don't know how they've acquired this. But it's like, oh, you want this kind of music? And then they'll open a folder and be like, okay, here are some options. And I'm like, it would have taken me eight years to find five tracks. Because yeah. a system, I don't have a library. For yeah, the, yeah, for the music for my network, I actually asked, a musician I know for one song and he sent me an album so I've just been using that for two years um and I have a whole episode where I interviewed him too that was really fun but other than that I don't know I keep I keep making notes when people recommend different places to get music mm-hmm. and sounds like different libraries but I see that as being a very big rabbit hole that I'm not sure I want to go down mm-hmm. <laughs> I could see it taking like a week to pick a five second it does yeah, yeah. And I, you can put in keywords and still get thousands of hits yeah yeah I used to offer it as part of a, like part of my services to mm-hmm. say like oh I can source your music I can send you recommendations for music and I actually just removed it because it was t- so time consuming yeah yeah that I, I thought no I don't actually just don't wish to be part oh of my gosh choosing music yeah Oh, wow. We have we have six minutes. So Emmeline sent in a voice message on WhatsApp. So let's play with this. Let's see if I can get my volume up high enough. Mm-hmm. 
to see what she said. I'll talk for my case study, which is here in Africa. In Cameroon, I just know one female podcaster. And maybe that's because um, one thing led to another and I met her. There could be more. So I think what actually stops many people is access to technology. Not many people can afford for laptops. When they do, internet connectivity is a problem. And when they do, the competence is also lacking. And so... We may not be we may not be able to teach a lot of women how to edit, how to do that, and we cannot do that in a month or two. It will take time for them to learn, for them to make out time. Uh, not everyone is a full time podcaster. Other people have things to do in, and so podcasting may just be a side hustle. Uh, I, I think what we can do, me for example, as a moving on, I'll do what MD does. I'll put it out there. I'll tell people, I encourage you to join podcasting. I can help you edit your podcast within this uh, time frame. Just get to me, we record, and I'll edit it for you. And for just a token of appreciation, and then we can have a, we can strike a partnership sort of. It won't really be a pay because it may weigh a lot of, on so many people. But that, that's how I think we can encourage in this part of the world. That's how we can encourage a lot mm-hmm. of women. Because technology, let's admit it, is not really a, a thing that a lot of women like to delve into. They just shy away from And it takes the extra push to have to um, mm-hmm. learn technology, learn all the tools that they are in. Personally, I don't have a lot of tools to work with, so I'm trying so hard, I'm working so hard with my uh, freelance writing mm-hmm. to get a lot of tools that I can install a studio within my house and work full time. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Was that audible? Mm. Okay, great, great, great. Okay, we've got four minutes, so let's wrap this up. Um can we quickly go around and say, well, I'm going to have the links wherever you consume this in the future, whether it be on YouTube or in Geopat's podcasting podcast. That's a lot of podcasts in one sentence. Um, I will have the links to everything that we've talked about and everything and, and, and all of the, the panelists and everything like that. So we don't need to necessarily go around and do that. But if there's a, a, a quick closing thought or something you'd like to say to the audience before we go, let's do that. So quick closing thought, Emily. Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, if we're speaking about just, you know, females getting into podcasting and editing, then I would say 100% just go for it. And the first one you do, it won't be the best one, but just just get started, make something, put it out there and just start to get comfortable um, and totally just give it a go. There are also so many helpful people like like yourselves. Like there's so many people you can ask as well. So don't be scared to ask questions and connect connect with other people. Chavi? Um, I'd say definitely start. Uh, do everything Emily has asked you to do. And maybe if you are still not 100% sure of what you're doing, instead of saying this is going to be your first episode, maybe say it's episode zero, like for private consumption. Yeah. Share it with people in your cohort who you trust. So not uh, not your pals, but maybe people who do listen to podcasts are your pals or on Facebook or on communities where there are podcast editors. You know, um, you could even sign up to get a mentor in certain groups. Ask for some feedback and then 
after that do episode one mm-hmm. and and you'll find uh, I should help but don't Just, stop there <laughs> definitely don't stop. never stop once you get in don't leave don't leave us we need you we need your voices we need your we need your skills we need your your mice <laughs> we need you podcasting and and editing and all of that all of that um yeah it is it can be a steep learning curve at the beginning but start simple and keep going uh quick housekeeping if we if i may if i may yeah i may um we have three more panels this month <laughs> they're every tuesday and uh, uh uh yeah i will put the link somewhere really important that you can find it but you can also go to eventbrite and search for global global women podcast editor panel or just geopats podcasting that's probably easier and you'll find the other three there at varying times i shudder to think of me trying to do time zones right now because that's not going to work again i also have an editing podcast newsletter check the links i will have all that information there or you can go to stephfuccio.com which if i'm pointing correctly should go to the right place right about now yay so you can Mm -hmm. sign up there we I also need to mention that over on this side, I think just above Chavi is the new Geopets podcasting logo that we got yesterday. Big shout out to Ronald Paredes, amazing graphic artist friend of mine who did that. Um, and he is open to other work if anybody <laughs> needs a logo. Again, I'll have his link in the show notes and video notes and everywhere this will will this will exist. Thank you to the audience by all means. I love, I love, I love all of the questions that came in today. They made the conversation slow. We had some different things we weren't planning on talking about that were fantastic. And it was so amazing, so amazing to have people engaged in doing this and for us to be around the world fighting technology to have this conversation. <laughs> um, 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 let me quick double check. Um, Oh, please share the information about the panels with anybody you know who might be interested. The tickets are absolutely positively free. Speaking of free, we also do take donations at buymeacoffee.com forward slash geopats, G-E-O-P-A-T-S. I don't think I've missed anything. Have I missed anything? (laughs) That was a lot of a wrap up. (laughs) Again, this will be repurposed crossing my fingers for within a week over on geopets podcasting and on the geopets podcast network youtube channel and oh my gosh i did forget something thank you to our panelists emily chavi and emily for all of you coming on today at varying times throughout your day (laughs) because of time zones thank you for coming on and for for sharing your podcast editing experiences with us happy to nice to meet you emily Emmeline, sorry, missed so much of her. I know. I'm going to see if I can get more of her messages into the final product too. Um, Oh yeah, that's something I can do. Okay. Anyway, so thank you all. I I think I've said thank you 700 times. I wonder, (laughs) have we we said podcast or thank, or have I said thank you more during this? A tie. Yeah. A tie. Yeah. And I'll work on that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely going to work on that (laughs) t-shirt. All right. So thank you. I'm going to stop the broadcast right now. End broadcast.